0: let's get out of the sprint special guest line sprint and make it safe and easy to get what you need online visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability joining us now from cbs sports he is tom Fornelli to talk a little nfl draft on the big show hi tom how are you doing i'm good how are you Hey, we're doing just great. Uh, I guess first question, we'll get into kind of who you think is going to go where, but first question, what do you think about this fantasy football-style draft in the NFL proceeding and kind of thinking outside of the box to do so?
1: I, I'm looking forward to it simply because I feel like the actual draft that they've been doing the last few years, is, you know, it's, it entered TV show, TV production a few years ago when they extended it to starting it on Thursday nights with the first round, And I've I've always been somebody who grew up watching the draft on TV and following it, and I love the draft. But I just felt like they were stretching it out and milking it for far more than it's actually worth to get it to last longer. So to kind of have an old-schoolish feel where there's not going to be as much pomp and circumstance and there's not going to be so much production as much as it's going to be what it is, an NFL draft. I'm looking forward to that a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see if, you know, maybe going forward they don't realize this might be the smarter way to do it anyway.
0: You know, kind of on that note, we we talked to Austin Lee earlier in the week. He's a safety from BYU, but he, he told us the hoops he had to jump through to get, you know, uh, somewhat of a pro day. Basically, just get an accurately timed forty, for example, and had to pull some strings to do that. What I mean, how's it going to affect this draft? Where NFL teams, I guess, don't have as much information as they usually do.
1: It's it's going to have a huge impact, and I think it's it might not be immediate right from the start it's just you know because overall it's just going to look like what it always is teams are picking players based on how their boards look it's just going into a draft in previous years like when things are in a, a normal situation where there are all the pro days there are all the you know the workouts the combine everything like that teams are able to glean all that data all that information to go along with the tape on these players you kind of start to get a better idea of what teams are thinking or what they're looking for and word starts to leak out you know this so and so team likes this guy, these guys like you know, this quarterback and that kind of stuff. This year with everybody kind of being isolated you're not getting as much whispers of what teams are doing. It's it's not as prevalent as it usually is in years before. And I think as far as the teams are concerned, yeah, they have less information to work with. It is far more difficult for them this year to get the kind of data that they want on a guy to, you know, for whether it's at a pro day, measuring him and just seeing him up close and personal compared to how it is on tape. And we're going to see some, you know, maybe some wild swings and things maybe you don't expect, but also, there might be, you know, more "quote unquote" busts from this draft in a few years from now, simply because teams weren't didn't have complete information on guys they were taking. But we could also see it flip the other side, where the there are the big late round or mid round surprises, just because teams weren't really able to evaluate them as fully as they might have before. And in previous years, maybe those are the guys, like the smaller school guys, that aren't top at you know the top of everybody's list. That teams discover and they start climbing up the board as the draft gets closer that those kind of guys aren't really going to exist this year because they don't have a chance. So it might be one of those years where like a fifth or sixth round guy ends up being like, you know, a great NFL player and everybody's going to act like they never saw it coming. And we're going to forget it's because, well, they never really had the chance to see it coming because nobody was able to work out. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think that we also, there's a chance that maybe things get crazy simply because, you know, human nature Everybody's been kind of penned up in their homes, not really able to do all their normal stuff for the last few weeks. You might see some of that boredom creep into the draft where maybe teams are a little more aggressive with trades and more willing to take swings just because it feels like it's giving them something to do. Do you have any specific hunches about something that might be surprising early on? I, in in my latest mock, I mean, if you looked at mocks for the last few months, it's pretty much been a certainty. Everybody's got Joe Burrow going number one to the Bengals, and I think that that is what's going to happen. But then everybody also has had you know Chase Young going to the Redskins at number two, and I think if the Redskins stay at number two, they will end up taking Chase Young. I just don't think the Redskins are going to stay at number two. I think if you look at that team overall. They, they need an edge rusher. It's true. Chase Young is – I think Chase Young is the best prospect in this draft, and he would fill an immediate hole for the Redskins. It's just – that's a team with a new general manager, a new coach, a new regime coming in, and it's a team with a lot of holes to fill. And if, they, if somebody's going to want to move up to get Tua or to get Justin Herbert, they're going to call the Redskins first – And if they can get, I think that they're going to get an offer that's enticing enough for them to move down to where they'll still be able to get an edge rusher that they need. Maybe it's Caleb on Chase on or somebody else later in the first round. But we'll be able to pick up extra picks and help them fill all those holes because while Ron Rivera is coming in and taking over, I don't think Ron Rivera is the type of coach who's interested in starting like a long-term rebuilding project, nor do I think that the Redskins have that kind of patience to have a long-term rebuild, considering how things have gone there for most of the last decade. And last year, they found themselves in a position where they were able to get Dwayne Haskins, who they hope is their franchise quarterback. So I think that if Washington wants to take more of a win-now approach to this draft, they will be interested in trading down and accumulating more picks to address those holes and try to improve quicker. Because as good as Chase Young is, adding Chase Young alone is not going to make the Redskins a playoff team.
0: Tom Fornelli of CBS Sports with us on 975 and twelve eighty the zone. Uh, so right now in your current mock draft, you have uh, Miami trading up to get Justin Herbert uh, with the Redskins, as you're you're talking about there. If a team were to do that and go with Herbert over Tua, does that say more about their confidence in Justin Herbert or more in doubt maybe about Tua's health?
1: It's doubt about Tua. I, I think that that has been the prevalent fear as far as. Tua and his draft stock is because it's like if you look at the hip injury that he had last year, it's a freak injury. It's not one of those things that you worry about reoccurring or having maybe a long-term impact on him like, say, it did on Bo Jackson years ago where it kind of pretty much destroyed his NFL career. It's not that severe. The problem with Tua is before that hip injury, he's had chronic ankle injuries at Alabama. He's had a few procedures done on each ankle for sprained ankles that have caused him to miss time. So he picks up that injury. Play- label and those ankle ones are the kind of injuries that could be you know something that is just something he's going to have to deal with throughout his entire career, and that's going to scare some teams off because if you are investing in a quarterback early in the draft, I mean, you're putting, as a general manager or as a head coach, whoever you are, you're putting your job on the line with this player. If he does not work out, if he fails to meet those expectations, odds are you're going to get fired because of it, whereas if he does live up to the hype, you could write a lifetime contract with that team. So I think if we were just looking at these quarterbacks as nothing but skill set and performance at the college level Tua is far and away the best quarterback in this draft just from a tool aspect and from a performance Joe Burrow had a great senior season at LSU don't get me wrong but Tua was great for multiple seasons whereas Burrow his first few years at Ohio State where he couldn't win the starting job and his first year at LSU he was not a he did not have great seasons he was great last season and it that's a one-year sample size, so we can't say. Even though he was the number one, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I'm not as sold on Joe Burrow being a great NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a starting NFL quarterback, but he might just be an average one. Tua, to me, is the only quarterback in this class that has the ability to be a Pat Mahomes type, you know, future of the NFL franchise quarterback. He's that talented, but again, the fear is. If he has to deal with health, injury, you know, health problems for his entire career, he's never going to be able to reach that ceiling. And when you're putting your job on the line, as a lot of these general managers are, it's hard to pull the trigger. Sometimes the safer option, like a Burrow or a Herbert, who is somebody that you see all those tools, and although maybe the production hasn't always been there, and he definitely has flaws of his own. You can talk yourself into that because you get scared off by the injury. So, yeah, I I, I think that if Tua did not have the health concerns, he's by far the runaway choice to be the number one pick, and then we're just trying to figure out whether it'll be Burrow or Herbert going second and third. What's your evaluation of Utah State's Jordan Love? I think there is a lot there to like, and I think that if you saw from the way he you know played a couple years ago, you saw glimpses of what he can be. He's got the big arm, he's very athletic, he can move, but he's not like, you know, he's a dual threat quarterback, but he's not the dual threat that is a run first. He is a guy that can pass the ball, and if there's nothing there and he has to run, then he can take off he can get yards that way, which is what you generally prefer from your dual threat. You don't really want a run first guy. You want a guy who can, you know, run your passing offense. My concern Jordan Love is. We hear things. You're know, like, if depending on how you feel about him, you could talk yourself into a lot of different things. Like he did not play well last year at Utah State, his final season. And you've seen things like saying, well, he didn't have the ton, he didn't have a bunch of good talent around him. and His teammates let him down. But at the same time, when we talk about great quarterbacks, like one of the things you always hear about, you know, the, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Peyton Mannings, is that they made their teammates better. So which is it? Is is a great quarterback somebody who makes his teammates better, or can we then go to the excuse of, well, he didn't have great players around him, so it kind of impacted. So when I look at Jordan Love, I see all the tools, the skill set. I see everything that a team can dream on for what he can be. It's just I don't know if I'm drafting Jordan Love for somebody who I think can start for me right away. I think that he needs to go to the right situation where if he can get to a team where he's allowed to maybe sit for a year and pick up the offense and not be pressured to start and be the guy right away, and he's with a smart offense, a smart coach, guys who can help you know, mold quarterbacks, I think he has the talent and the ability to be a very good top-notch NFL quarterback. It's just I think there's still a long way to go between where he is now to that point. So it's going to depend on the situation for him where he lands, but I, if I if i'm him i'm hoping that i get to be you know with with a team that has an established starter who would hope to mold me for a year or two away from being the starting guy myself
0: tom the university of utah had a really good defense this past year and they're expecting to have a bunch of players drafted this year headlined by corner jalen johnson uh what do you think about him and can he expect to be a first day second day guy what are you thinking
1: I think. I mean, if he falls to the, the Vikings, and so they have their two picks, if he's still there on the board for them at 25, I think he's going to be a Viking. I just look at him, and I look at his style of play, and he is everything that the Vikings love in their cornerbacks. He's got length, he's physical, and if you look at every single cornerback, Mike Zimmer, throughout his coaching career, when he was a defensive coordinator and now becoming a head coach of the Vikings, those are the things he loves in corners. He likes guys who can be physical at the of scrimmage, who can make tackles, help out in the run game, but he also likes length because, you know, obviously when you're covering receivers, having long, being tall or having long arms and legs that's half the battle because then you can get in front of the pass as long as you keep the receiver. So when I just look at him and the way he plays, his build, his athleticism, his strength, he just screams Minnesota Viking cornerback to me. So I think that if he's there, the Vikings have the two first-round picks now. I don't, think, I don't know if they will take him with the first one, but I think that if he's still on the board for the second one, he's definitely going to end up going to Minnesota. It just makes too much sense to me.
0: Tom, thank you for all the insight. We really appreciate it. Uh, love your work there at CBS Sports. Keep it up.
1: Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure joining you. And uh, ha- have a good rest of the week. And I hope, you know, hope, I hope we're out of this soon and we're back to normal in, in the near future. Hear,
0: hear. Here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tom. Stay well. That's Tom Fornelli from CBS Sports. A lot of good things to say about uh, Jalen Johnson. Think he, he would be a good fit for Minnesota. Hey, that'd be a good team and a good defense to go to. If I were Jalen Johnson, yeah. I'd be cheering for that.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: Right All right, we'll get to more coming up. Stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.